Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Ask the Elders. Uh, we're excited to be with you today. Uh, and if you're just joining us online on the podcast version, uh, we have with us today Alistair and Jeff. I'm Brandon and we have Hoyt with us as well uh, to answer another question. Today's question comes from one of the folks in our church. It says this, uh, what are the Bible's instructions for those who are Christ's for making demons leave your home? Why do so many people say, in Jesus' name I command you, as opposed to praying to Jesus directly? So, great question, uh, a great topic to discuss today. Uh, there's a lot to go around this, but we're going to break it into the kind of the two sections that, that uh, has been presented. First was, uh, what are the Bible's instructions for those who are Christ's for making demons leave your home? Um, I think one of the things we, we look at when we see uh, the thought of, of that, or that, that kind of the what's behind that question, I think often people think that there's a demon over there, right? Or, or, or let's say, you know, in this question, in the home, um, and I'm not saying this person thinks this, but certainly you might think, man, when I go into that closet, there's, there's definitely something going on there, or, or, or this back bedroom, or this hallway, or the attic, or, man, my kitchen, there's a demon, or it's, it's maybe, maybe it's your refrigerator, right? <laughs> the idea of, of thinking there's, there's a possession, there's something going on, at a certain location. And I think you don't really see that anywhere in Scripture. You don't see in Scripture a, a demon physically possessing something or some place. Uh, demons and the demonic uh, are they're battling against people, right? So they're waging war against people. Um, I know we have a passage to, to look at. Uh, Alistair has one out of Ephesians. But any, other more, any more thoughts on that? Uh, just as the idea of the presence of spiritual warfare or, or the demonic yeah i you know i looked at many different passages of scripture old and new testament and uh, notice a pattern of course of uh, if you're talking about demon possession and casting out demons um, i never found anything having to like you said having to do with a dwelling or something like that it was always a person who was possessed or oppressed by a demon. So any any casting out in the scriptures is always out of a person, hmm. not out of a home. Um, and it was a all the casting out that I saw was it's really concentrated in the Gospels and in the Book of Acts. Um, and there's I, I don't think it's necessarily because there was extra demonic activity at that time. Could be because Jesus was here and and Satan was trying to attack his ministry. But but anyway, to answer the question there, um, I didn't see anything in Scripture about instructions for removing a demon from your home or casting a demon out of your home or anything like that. It's always out of a person um, that I found in Scripture. And what we saw is, in Scripture, it's it's unbelieving people. It's people mm -hmm. who, who don't have the light of Christ in them. And we see those passages where... Uh, light and darkness have no fellowship, right? And, mm -hmm. and that the one when, when Christ indwells us by the power of his spirit through faith, we now have him living inside of us and that greater is the one inside of us than he who's in the world. So we see that there's no light and darkness can have fellowship. So a believer biblically will not be indwelled by or possessed by a spirit. Right. Although they can be affected by spiritual forces and spiritual activity and, and even the, the, the demonic. Yeah. Um, we don't see it... Uh, Possession happening. Yeah, so we're we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right, you know, Paul right. talks about that in First Corinthians. Yeah. Um, so in Ephesians six, to get this idea of where we do see um, demonic activity mm -hmm. or spiritual oppression, kind of a thing, um, 
Paul makes it pretty clear in Ephesians 6, verse 12. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Um, so we see it's not limited to a specific location necessarily, but it's everywhere all around us. Um, and so, you know, we can get a weird feeling of a closet or something like that, but it's important to know like everywhere we go, everything that we do, there's the possibility that we're going to be dealing with some temptation or some oppression in a sense. Um, so, um, it's more like a realm, right? Yeah. It's the realm. And that's why it's described as, uh, you know, like in one Wednesday nights, we're going through first John and a couple weeks ago, we talked about, um, not loving the world or the things in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not that we don't love the physical creation or humanity, but it's that system. It's the system that belongs to Satan. It's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's Satan's realm and it's all that, that goes along with that. We're not to love that or have a part of that, but it's all around all the time. It's yeah. not like you said in a closet or in the kitchen or something like right. that. I think those things pop into our heads from movies and things like that for mm -hmm. sure. Um, but it's, I mean, in a way you could look at it, it's almost worse than just being, being in a closet, yeah. Yeah. Right. right? It's, right. it's all around us all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but like you were saying, Christians aren't possessed by demons right. or indwelled by demons because we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah and, we, and we look at, you know, as we talk about this, we we see, okay, so there, there are principalities of darkness. There are, there's a spiritual realm of evil uh, that's waging war, right? So what does that war look like? And I think we, we talked about a couple different ways that that's, that's seen in our lives and, and, and maybe, maybe not just seen, but maybe felt. Right, it's felt a bit more. When, when is it? When is this felt or experienced? Yeah. Right, and I think Jeff, you had a, a few thoughts on that too, especially as you've been reading some of the Old Testament. We've been going through that together. What, what are your thoughts there? So I, I'm just going to read from Second uh, Corinthians, you know, ten. I'm going to start in three and then go through five, which says for and back again to to what Alistair read a minute ago. For although we live in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. So I think even in our own lives, as we walk away from what we know is true, as we let things in our life take control, we kind of we give, we give that foothold to Satan to come in and to distract us from <clears throat> what, is, what is good and to... And, to, and in a way, we, we kind of go through the consequences of our sin. And if you've been following um, the reading through the Old Testament, we see how when the Israelites were sent into the new or into um, the promised land, God told them to get rid of everything in that land that was going to distract them from or cause them to sin again against God. And you, you'll see that they didn't do it. They would go so far and then stop and then fall back and then God would have to let them suffer the consequences and then save them. God would bring them back out and save them again. So then, um, two, we were also, you know, if you talk about James or if you think about what James says, um, James 1, um, he says, uh, you see in verse 13, it says, No one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. 
And we know that once we give in to that, we start to, that's when sin is born in our lives. Um, so not that everything that in our lives that we suffer, we go through, has to do with sin. But it can be yeah. a, a, um, uh, a consequence of sin. And I think we're just going to, to, to capitalize well, on that. Yeah. Side of that. But I think it's a, it's a door also. It kind of opens that door. I want to read a little bit out of Romans chapter 6, 11 through 13. It, it talks about, uh, so, so, so you, too, consider yourself dead to sin. And so it's not, we're talking about believers, people who have, who have trusted Christ in faith for forgiveness and for righteousness. Uh, you, too, consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its desires. And do not offer any parts of it to sin as weapons of unrighteousness. But as for those who are alive uh, from the dead, offer yourselves to God and all the parts of yourselves to God as weapons for righteousness. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a door that opens. See, what's, what's interesting, we talk about just a location, and it'd be easier if it was in the closet, right? right? And, <laughs> and, and it'd be easier if we could just say, get out of the closet. Mm-hmm. But that's the easy way out, really, because what we're seeing here is, is our... We offer our sin, we offer our temptations when we are yielding to Christ. We offer them as, as a weapon for unrighteousness. So who are we offering that to? We're offering that to the demonic, to Satan, to the, the principalities of darkness, that, that he's waging war against us. And we're just saying, here, here's some more ammo. Mm-hmm. I, knew, I knew you had a shortage. Oh, oh, here's some more swords. I knew you needed a little more. Oh, let's sharpen those for you. So we need to understand that, that a lot of this has to do with or, or can has a foothold, a stronghold because of something going on. We would love to be able to say with a magic wand, demon be gone and go about our business. But it's not as simple as that. That's almost too prideful because what God's saying is, I want you to submit to me. I want you to, to lay yourself down and, and, and know the truth of God's word and, and, and live, live that, right? And let the power of God's word and the discipline you have in God's word to repent of sin be what drives us forward as, as an instrument then of righteousness. Right. So it's, it's partly that we see the open door because of just sin and desires and the flesh that we're, we're battling against. But I think there's also times that, that God is vetting us or, or using it in our well, lives. I think along with that, too, there's a, a fear aspect, right? I mean, to the question, um, there's an assumption in the question that there there is. Uh, did it say demon? Um, a demon in the home? I'm trying to remember exactly. No. Making demons leave your home. Okay, so yeah, the assumption there is that, that there is a demon in your home. Well, and why do we think that sometimes? Is it because of things are really hard right now? Things are, it just seems like everything's not going right? Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Or is it because you think you saw it physically? And, and I don't know in this case, but I think typically we, we can tend to start thinking it because of circumstances in our life. Mm-hmm. I, because of the circumstances in my own life, I think, well, it must be this, or it's possible it could be this, a demon in the house, mm-hmm. right? So I think we have to think about why Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel like this is going on? And I think that's what we're trying to answer. And you're, you're, what you're talking about there is sometimes it is sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes it's fear. Right. I mean, fear can be sinful also. But mm-hmm. if, if we are in fear and we are forgetting the promises of God, um, that is a spiritual attack mm-hmm. because it comes against the knowledge. That's what... Um, you know, what we're talking about here is knowledge. This battle of spiritual warfare is about knowledge. And when we don't take our thoughts captive to be obedient to Christ, then where are our thoughts leading us? Where are they coming from? Yeah. Uh, that's a dangerous thing. So that's why we have to keep coming back to the Word of God mm-hmm. right. um, to renew our minds. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, 
We're told, yeah. Did you have it right there? I do, yeah. You're just looking at it? It's Romans 12, too. You know, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern, right? Yeah. Know what is good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. And I, and you know, I don't want to, like I said before, I don't want to make it seem like everything you're going through is sin in your life. But mm-hmm. you need to discern. You need, you need to stop and, and say to yourself and to pray to God, you know, show me right. if there is something in my life that is right. giving the devil a foothold. Yeah. Why do I have this fear? What am, what am I not believing about God and what he's said? Yeah. You know, that's it, something it can, to think about. It can also be, I mean, I think about just our relationships, our families, right? I mean, those are complex things. And, sure. and where, where I may not be struggling in a way, maybe my wife is, or maybe my, my niece is, or my, my you know, cousin. And I see, I see just maybe bad choices, maybe mm-hmm. uh, unrepentant sin in their life, and they're, they're struggling. And we see that there's a, a battle being waged and maybe being even won over that person, right? And they're, and they're just experiencing really a hard time. I think we, we understand that we, we grieve that, we feel that because we, we mourn with those who mourn. Um, but we, we need also counsel a sense of go, go to God's word, be repentant. Like mm-hmm. you cannot continue in this way and me just pray over you and you're free of that burden anymore. Mm-hmm. There's now, you know, there needs to be some obedience there. Yeah, a life of following Christ. A life of following Christ, right? And dying to self, like you're talking about the Israelites, like get rid of that stuff. Get rid of all those things, right. those idols, those sins, and that you want to keep holding on to because they're going to, to be like that leaven and, and, and get in everywhere later on. But, it's, it, but again, it's more than just more than just maybe sin or the open door to sin. I think there's Satan is the prince of this world, and he... He has ownership and he has he has authority and he's given given um, a power by by God and uh, some some of the thoughts we have about that. Boy, you want to share some of that? Yeah, well, it, you know, I don't want to say in contrast to what Jeff was talking about, but I think something else to think about mm-hmm. is that God Himself uses these things. God Himself allows these kinds of things in our lives. And I think we see some scriptural examples, and for one it, it, that came to mind is Paul's vision in, in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, Paul has this vision of heaven. He, you know, he says, I know a man, basically. Not, he's not putting himself there, though, though it was him. Mm-hmm. But God gave him a vision. God showed him some things. And there's a danger of him becoming boastful or conceited there. But So if you move down to verse 7, it says there, uh, this is Paul talking, so to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And then he goes on, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. And so I think we can clearly see there, God has, he has allowed this, right? This is, he says it's a messenger of Satan. Mm-hmm. And that word there is, is angel. Uh, so there's this, and he calls it harassing, right? It came to harass him. Mm-hmm. Whatever that looked like, who, you know, I, I'm of the belief that it was a person who was attacking Paul and his ministry, those kinds of things. Um, Paul describes it as a um, messenger of Satan. So that's spiritual. sent by Satan. This is a spiritual attack, yeah. um, though it's manifested through through somebody who is not a believer, who probably is indwelled by a demon. Um, and I think that's what Paul is describing there. But 
this is something that God is allowing, and we need to be aware of that. That God uses this to refine, to um, um, you know, chip away at mm-hmm. things in our lives that don't need to be there. And in this case, Paul was talking about how it was sent there that so he wouldn't become conceited mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what this revelation that God had given him. Mm-hmm. But it's for another reason, reason also. It's so that Paul would be put in a place of complete reliance on God. Yeah, yeah humility. Like, my grace is sufficient for you is God's answer. Yeah. God's answer to Paul saying, can you take this spirit, mm-hmm. this harassment away? God's answer basically is no. I mean, it doesn't yeah. say no, but it's basically no. He says, my, my grace, grace is sufficient for you. So yeah. it points us to the fact that we need to have a complete reliance upon God. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is our source of strength, our source of hope. Um, and so that's what Paul had to come back to. So he came back to a place of knowledge about that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why he could come to a place of thinking um, then that, okay, I'm, I'm weak. I'm going to boast in my weakness, mm-hmm. all of these things. This, is, this brings glory to God. The way that we handle this brings glory to God. So we do need to be aware that sometimes God does that. And I think a big, another big example of that we talked about earlier was um, Peter, mm-hmm. Luke 22, um, when Jesus himself tells Peter that Satan has asked to sift him, right? Um, Luke 22, what was the verse I had? 31 and 32. Um, so it says in verse 31, and this is Jesus talking, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have returned again, strengthen your brothers. So, you know, Jesus is acknowledging, hey, Satan wants to sift you, which, again, we're talking about a refinement, a, a cutting away. There's a, you know, it's a process of difficulty, of, of hardship, uh, testing, and that's what Satan wants to do. And we see there, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to pray for you, but he didn't stop it. You know, Jesus didn't stop Satan from doing this. So we need to realize God does use these things in the lives of believers Right? Knowing I'm not possessed by this demon, but God will allow harassment yeah. um, for a purpose to, to break, what was that? For good. For good, right? And for his glory. Yeah. And what Peter's experience, what Jesus was saying, when you come back, which he will. So Jesus knew yeah. this, Satan, was, or, or, Satan wasn't going to be victorious in this in some sense, right? Though as hard as it was for Peter to go through what he did, right? Yeah. Denying Christ. Um, and all that, all the hardships that came with that. But the point was, after the fact, after going through that experience, he is then able to strengthen mm-hmm. the brothers. Yeah. So our experiences through the hardships of life and whatever they might be, and our reliance upon God, is later meant to be used to encourage brothers and sisters in Christ with the knowledge of God. Look, right. you may be going through this right now. Know that, like you were talking about, it could be this. It could be that God is allowing Satan to sift you. It could be that God is using this to, to make you more Christ-like. But, but know the promises. Stand on the truth of the word that, that this will, your response to it will glorify God. He will get the glory. You will rely upon his strength, his truth, and not have to flounder about in life. So I think it's important to know that, that we can see scripturally in the Old Testament as well that God, like the Old Testament we've been reading, yeah. talks about even sometimes God sent an evil spirit, right? Mm-hmm. We, we discussed that on a Wednesday night, I think in the Q&A, that was, it's not that God did evil, or, but it was that he allowed this. He sent by allowing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Satan's on a leash, 
Mm-hmm. You know, like he, he can only do what God allows him to do. Mm-hmm. God has given him, you know, authority in this realm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can only do what God allows him to do. Right. So and Job. And Job, Job as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and the question comes in. So, okay, there's, there's a, a reality of spiritual warfare. Yep. Um, it has to do with doors that might be open because of sin or unrepentant sin. It has to do with sifting and testing of our faith and, mm-hmm. and perseverance in that. So the question then is, because of those things, how do we deal with it? How do we, right? how do we persevere? How do we persevere? How do we yeah. fight against it? And I think yeah. if we go back to the Ephesians passage that yep. you started with, Alistair. That's that's really the the crux of it. It tells us there what that what has to it do. all right there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ephesians six uh, verses ten through nineteen. It says, finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand. Stand. Therefore, with the truth, with truth, like a belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest, and your feet sandaled with the readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith which you, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray at all times in the Spirit with every prayer and request, and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. Pray also for me, Paul's talking, that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Um, That whole passage is just riddled with reminders of the promises that we stand on. We're having truth like a belt around our waist. We have um, righteousness like armor on our chest. Our feet are fitted with the readiness for the gospel of peace. Um, in every situation, we take up our shield of faith with, we, with which we can extinguish these flaming arrows of the evil one. You know, all these, you know, oppressions or temptations or whatever it may be. We have the shield of faith. Paul's just reminding us of all of these things that we have in Christ because of what he's done that we can fight, that we can stand firm, that we can be ready and prepared. Um, yeah, what else do you guys have to add? Well, it's, a, it's a resistance, right? We're, we're, we're standing, it says there, uh, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't say that the devil will be will leave and no longer have any any power. He, he will still have power. But mm-hmm. over the believer who has, who has faith in Christ and is, is, is standing firm in that faith. And we can be confident. We can be confident yeah. against the schemes of the devil. And, and part of it is knowing those schemes and seeing, seeing, that, seeing it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And saying that's, that's not the truth. That's not what God's word says. I'm not going to believe those lies. I'm not going to fall into that fear anymore. I'm going to stand because I am secure in Christ, uh, solid, and, and nothing can take me away from that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're strengthened by his, his strength. Mm-hmm. It's an offensive thing too, right? We're it is. Not, it's not, we don't just sit by and, and pray that it's all going to go away and think that we're not going to have to fight, right? Mm-hmm. He tell, in, in your passage, you know, he says the, 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 the sword of the Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of soul and spirit. Mm-hmm. Of the joints and marrow, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts, and so we have to be prepared more than just defensive, but also mm-hmm. on the offensive. And we see that's what Jesus does in the forty days in the wilderness. His offense against Satan was quoting scripture to him. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, that and, is our. Offense. And we see the exhortation in James: resist 
the devil and he'll flee from you. Yep. It doesn't mean that he will be gone and no longer have any, any mm-hmm. presence there. It means that you're going to overcome and withstand that attack, that yep. barrage, because you've stood and you've resisted in the word of God, standing firm on the word of God. Um, that's, that's what is yeah, firm. I think it's important for us to know that it's not about strapping on this armor and then going on the hunt. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's about you put on the armor of God and, and the truth about God and you stand. That's how you resist the devil. You stand on that truth about God, yeah. which is his word. And it has everything in there that we need for this. Right. Um, and so it's not a, a warfare of put it all on and now go out and find all the demons you can find and enter into a place right. to maybe entice them to come out so you can destroy them or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. We right. need to be careful about that kind of stuff. We are told to stand, you know, that... First verse that he that, that Alistair read there, verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might, mm-hmm. not our own. Yeah, it's what He's done. Right. Yeah. Well, and that goes to the to the towards the end of this passage. If you think about, and what Floyd is saying is very important. We we tend to have in our culture, and maybe it goes in seasons and waves, but there's like a this preoccupation in our mind with demonic, mm-hmm. with you know all these weird things of of the presence of evil and Satan all around. And, and it's a distraction. It, it's what better place does Satan want us than to be distracted with Satan and not the things of God. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is saying is like, we're going to stand, we're going to take this stand with the armor of God. But, but I love what he says at the end. He says, we're going to pray, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request. Stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. But then he says also, pray also for me. So he knows that he has this spiritual attack that's coming mm-hmm. against him. Mm-hmm. But what is, what is the prayer for? What is the stand for? He says, pray for me that the message may be given to me when I open my mouth. And what does he want? Not, not to come against demons, no. not to pray, cast out demons, not to, he says, pray that when I open my mouth, I will make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Yep. The, the hope that we have mm-hmm. is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the power. That's, That's the power. The power of God unto salvation is, yeah. is, is, is the gospel. Yeah. So it, it's, it should be that, that we are believing the gospel, trusting and faith in the gospel, putting on that righteousness, putting on that faith, putting on, taking the word of God as, as an offensive tool, uh, speaking truth into, into um, falsehoods and speaking light into darkness um, by the word of God. But we stand on that so we can stand and we resist those things mm-hmm. uh, of the devil. I think that the, one of the most powerful weapons the devil has is are those his schemes which are um, lies mm-hmm. coming against the truth. You know, coming against the knowledge of God. And that's why we need the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Because when those lies come, they come in from our own thoughts. You know, you know, this seems really believable. It could come in from something else we're listening to or paying attention to as opposed to the Word of God. Yeah. Um, and so it, fear can creep in. Mm-hmm. When we're believing what's not right. true, fear can creep in. And the way we get rid of that fear is to come back to the Word of God and, yeah. and to lean on His promises. And He... He will be with us. I mean, Jesus, when he sent out uh, in the Great Commission, mm-hmm. he said, at the end of it, he says, and I will be with you always. To the very end. Yeah. And, you know, when in Philippians 4, when uh, Paul's writing about anxiety, um, he, he's saying that our, we need our hearts and minds to be renewed in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, he, he talks about thinking about good things, thinking about what is right and true and pure and excellent and all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the purpose of uh, being reminded, uh, Philippians 4, 9, what you have learned and, re- and received and heard and seen in me, which is 
the gospel, which is the truth of God, right? Mm -hmm. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Right. That's how we stand. Okay. We need peace, for sure, because this is a, it's definitely a reality, right? Spiritual mm -hmm. warfare is a reality. Mm -hmm. and we do need right. peace, but we need our minds renewed back to that place. When we find ourselves in a place of, there's all this stuff going on. There's, I feel like nothing's going right, and could this be this or that? And let's come back to the peace of God, mm -hmm. which Paul says surpasses all understanding. Yeah, I think that also brings back brings back the Old Testament again. God was constantly telling the Israelites to remember, 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 absolutely. remember, remember, remember when I brought you out of Egypt. Yeah. Remember when I saved you from this. You know, looking back at what God has done in your own life, just to say, wow, you know, okay, you know. This is not just a... Right. And to remember as Christians, I'm talking about remember, mm -hmm. that whatever that spiritual warfare is, it will not be victorious over Christians. Absolutely will not. Um, Christ has already won the victory. Mm -hmm. we, are, we suffer now. We do deal with this now. But no matter what happens, back to Job, right? You talk about losing everything, having yeah. everything go wrong. Um, it, he, what did he do? He fell on his face and he worshipped. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do. We need to continually come back to God and land on his promises because Christ has won the victory. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, though, to, to clarify that it's, we're talking about the eternal victory, the eternal hope we have yes. in Christ. Yes. When, we, when we aren't right. in the word and standing strong uh, and being strengthened by Christ, we, Satan could certainly win battles in our right. life and, and keep, us, keep us down and, yeah. and right where, where, where he wants us, paralyzed from any obedience and any... Speaking of the gospel, so well, it goes back to what Jeff read earlier in Second Corinthians ten. You know, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Yeah, like, this is one the mind. Yeah, right. So mind, we have yeah. to be vigilant and be be sober minded. Is yeah. that like your next passage yeah. actually in mm -hmm. Peter? Yeah, in First Peter uh, five, starting in verse eight, Peter says, "Be sober minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith." knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. And this is the cool part. This is the promises that Peter's banking this all on. He says, The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. So regardless of whatever we go through, we know God has our backs at the end of the day, whether it's eternally or maybe it's a quick deliverance kind of a thing. Like, Regardless, God will get us through it. Right. That, that final, in that same passage, just I want to read one more verse. Mm -hmm. uh, verse 10, it says, So resist him in nine. Resist him firm in the faith, knowing the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ himself, will restore, establish, strengthen, and support you uh, after you have suffered a little while. In verse 11, <laughs> to him be dominion forever. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right? So there's a, there, there are powers. Yeah. But God's power is greater, yeah. right? And and He's the one that's going to strengthen us as we're sober-minded and vigilant to stand against the schemes Absolutely. of the devil. And so. that's part of this process. I mean, even what we're doing here is is that we would minister the Word of God to one another. And so when when a brother or sister in Christ asks a question like this, um, you know, that's what we're that's what this is about. Mm -hmm. We're we're ministering the Word to one another to remind ourselves of these things. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hope that through this discussion um, that this will be. An encouragement and uh, an uplifting yeah, absolutely. Uh, reminder to, to not only the person who asked the question, but to anybody who's listening. Yeah, right. We can trust our God. There's such a much, yeah. a, a much bigger picture here than just us and our, our little speck of a life within this, hmm. the big scheme. You it's know, so hard to not 
focus on it though. I, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It is, but if as you're going through some of these things, whereas if you're if you're feeling some sort of an, an oppression in your life, to, to to focus on the bigger picture that there is a much bigger hope oh, that our faith yeah. gives us. That sometimes that is our joy is that knowing that at the other end of this mm-hmm. we're either, we're either mm-hmm. going to be better for it or be reunited with with God. Right. Yeah. I think David has to restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Well, that's that kind of answers the first part of the question. So the second yeah. part of the question, we just want to uh, highlight for a few minutes. Uh, it said, why do so many people say, in Jesus' name I command you, as opposed to praying to Jesus directly? I think that's a, a very valid part of this question. Yeah. So we're going to look at the, the book of Acts, chapter 19, and, and just to see an example of, of, and it's kind of one of those almost funny stories, but there's this pride that crept in that says, I, I can... I can cast out demons just by using Jesus' name, and I, that's that's what I'm going to be about. Um, so we're going to pick up this this story in, in verse 11 of chapter 19. Um, God was performing extraordinary miracles by Paul's hands, so that even face cloths and aprons that had touched his skin were brought to the sick, and the disease uh, diseases left them, and evil spirits came out of them. Now, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying... Now, here's what they said. I command you by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. And and here's what happened. The evil spirit answered them. I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them, so they ran out of that house naked and wounded. Now, that's that's how the, the evil spirit dealt with it. Uh, so the magic spell, the magic wand, isn't what we're looking for here, right? Mm-hmm. But there's power in the name of Jesus, and there's power in Christ and through faith in Christ. So here's what happens afterwards. It says, When this became known to everyone who lived in Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks, they became afraid, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high esteem. That, that's the goal, right? The goal is not just to get rid of demons, but to say that there's, there's Jesus who has power, uh, and he's the one who's held in high esteem. Many, it said, many who had become believers came confessing and disclosing their practices, while many of them who, have pra- who had practiced magic collected their books and burned them in front of everyone, so that they calculated their value and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. In this way, the word of the Lord flourished and prevailed. Mm-hmm. This goes back to you know avoiding the magic spell, but what, what is God desiring from us? He desires us to throw aside our sinful ways, throw aside the things that would distract us. And, and we get this idea, this notion that we can, we can be preoccupied and, and, and obsessed with the demonic and, and casting out demons and using Jesus' name. And what Jesus is calling us to is to repentance, to, to cast those things aside and to trust him fully and to, to let his name be powerful for our soul. And then in this way, you see people coming, not, not for a magic spell, but to, to get rid of the things that they were uh, valuing. And it says, in this way, the, the word of the Lord flourished and prevailed. They, they sought to do this thing in Jesus' name. And that's something that we shouldn't, I don't think we should as Christians be seeking out opportunities right. to mm-hmm. command demons or rebuke demons. Um, that's just, I, I think it's not a, not a wise thing. I don't think it's, we can really back it up scripturally. Yes, we can see in scripture where Paul and the other apostles and Jesus and even the 72 that Jesus had sent out had cast out demons but we don't see a formula in the scripture, a checklist of here's how you do it. Um, and so I think we have to be aware that 
if someone's telling you, I know how to cast out demons, or come to this class and I'll teach you how to cast out demons, they're making it up. Mm-hmm. It's not in the scripture. They're, they're making it up. Going beyond what we saw Paul do or what saw, we saw Jesus do, which we're not Jesus, um, going beyond that, you have to make it up. And that's why I don't think that the intent is that we as Christians seek out opportunities to cast out demons. I don't think we, that we need to be going there, like you were saying, being preoccupied mm-hmm. with the demonic. We have our instructions on how to deal with the demonic in what you read in Ephesians 6. Yeah, stand firm. Stand firm. And pray. In the truth. And, and pray. pray. Yeah. yeah. Prayer is huge. Yeah. Even Jesus said that when talking about, you know, the idea of, of, of a demon who couldn't come out wasn't being cast out. Mm-hmm. He, he said, well, this one can only come out through fasting and prayer. Mm-hmm. And Okay, well, that's, so we pray. So we pray. We, we pray. We yield ourselves to the will of the Father. Uh, and, we, and we pray and we stand firm in that. Yeah, it's not some mantra. No. But repeating phrases over and over again. or I mean, you're getting mystical when and, you, and when it's you get into that. It's certainly not commanding No, commanding things in Jesus' name. You know, we see Jesus even say that. He says, if anyone asks something in my name. So he wants us to ask. He doesn't want us to go around commanding things. Uh, you know, when he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, certainly there's power power of the Holy Spirit for uh, influence over the, over the things in the world. But really, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is indwelled in the believer. It's for our benefit, right? That we would grow and we, we would find, feel conviction and we would repent of sin and we would, we would be able to resist the strongholds by the power of the Spirit of God inside of us. So that's, that's for us personally uh, to, to use. Not that, that the Holy Spirit isn't active in the world, but, but certainly personally. And we ask in His name. I wanted to follow up with um, just the, the final thing, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. You know, and that's in Matthew chapter 6. Um, we really see this model prayer. We see this uh, even even evil or the evil one talked about there. And, and I think this is a really good way to, to really realign ourselves thinking about in Jesus' name and, and how, we, how do we pray. And Jesus says, here's the model pray, prayer. So we're in Matthew 6, uh, 9 through 13. It says, Therefore you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. So we, we see God elevated as, as sovereign, as holy, as a father. Right? We're dependent on him. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So now there's a, a, a priority exchange that my priorities, that my agenda is now exchanged for his. That I'm saying, I, your, your priorities are what's important for me. Your kingdom is what's important for me. Your will, I want to do your will. So we're humbling ourselves before God saying, I, I want what you want in, in my life. I want, I want to obey you. And, and we see clearly how to obey him through scripture and what he's asked us to do. And then we seek and we ask, give us today our daily bread. We want to be fed. We want to be nourished. We want to be not only uh, provided for in our needs, but also uh, by the word of God. And it says, forgive us our debts uh, as, as we've also forgiven our debtors. And then the final thing says, and, and do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this place of humble prayer, of, of knowing God is sovereign and knowing God is over all and that we've exchanged our priorities for his, our will for his. Uh, and then we say, God, in, in the middle of that, as we stand humbled before you, as, as, as we are weak and your grace is sufficient for us and we, we submit to that, we ask that you would deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us. That, that the evil one is there. We acknowledge the evil one is there, wanting to prowl around like a roaring lion. We saw that earlier, wanting to devour. But we're humbling ourselves before you, that, that you would be the one that... Um, Provides provides for us a way out. Provides deliverance from the evil one, as we seek your will and seek and seek it above everything else. And we can be confident in that. that yeah, there's a confidence. There. He, I mean, we start off like he's our Father in heaven. He's he's sovereign. He's over it all. You know, so mm-hmm. we can be confident in his promises and what he will do for us. Right, and to know that though for a time, 
I may have this. Like Paul yeah. prayed that, that God would take it away and God didn't. Yeah. So for however long that time is that God allows, um, you know, harassment, let's say, because that's how Paul worded it. Yeah. Um, that, like you're saying, we can, we can stand firm in our, in our faith in Christ and, but realizing that as we pray, which we should, mm-hmm. our prayer should not just be, Lord, take this away from me. But Lord, help me to have the right attitude about this. Help me to glorify you in how I deal with this. Mm-hmm. For however long, you know, Lord, I want it gone, but not my will, yours be done. Mm-hmm. You know, but to be able to, to understand that it may not go away right away because God's intending to have that um, sift you for a little yeah. bit, a mm-hmm. little bit longer, right. to make you more Christ-like. Yeah. And so our prayer mm-hmm. should be, Lord. Make me more Christ-like through this. How do I glorify you in my response to this? Not in fear and those kind of things because, um, you know, he's, he's overcome uh, the devil. Um, we, we are going to deal with this while we're here. Uh, and we're never promised that everything will be hunky-dory and everything will be fine. Well, but, we're promised it won't. Right. Because we're, we're told to put on the full armor of God. Exactly. Why, we, why do we put on the armor right. instead of a fight at hand? Right. Yeah. I think about the word deliver us, deliver us from evil. The, the idea to me is like a delivery guy, right? He delivers a package. The package makes its final delivery destination. And sometimes, you know, packages come pretty shabby and with holes and all beat up. Yeah. But when we put on the full armor of God, what we're asking is, God, I, I'm, I'm going to stand. I'm going to trust you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself before you. And my faith is going to be square and strong in you so I can resist Satan, so that I can be delivered, that I will I will arrive where I need to arrive. The way I yes, not without pain, not without grief or sorrow or temptation, but having stood with the full armor of God in full faith of what He's He's doing in us, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it to that point of being delivered, and 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 being refined and 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 growing in my faith. And even as Paul wrote that that, that it'll happen for the strengthening of the brothers. Right. So that's. That's such an important thing as well. So, or Peter, sorry, Peter, Peter was yeah. uh, that, that was Peter. Yeah. So, it, yeah, very, very, very important. important. It, you know, great, great discussion about this. Today. Great question. Great, great question, though. Yeah. Um, really, we really appreciate questions like this and all questions that come up, um, just from the heart, and and it, it helps us to, like Hoyt said earlier, to talk through these things and to to take out the word and and you know rest on that.